Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. I want to talk to you about a story in the Bible that I'm sure a very large number of you are all familiar with. Uh, because it's a story that we were told by, you know, people when we were children and you've got books on it and if you went to Sunday school or later children's church and all the rest of it, you probably got told this story and unfortunately they messed it up for you because now every time you look at it, you think you really know all about it when actually sometimes we need to look at what is familiar with us and step back a little bit and have a fresh look. So let's have a fresh look at this little story. Um, I'm not going to tell you all the details of it because you know the story. It's about the guy Gideon. And uh, Gideon is going to battle against the Midianites. And what he does is very natural. It's, it's understandable, right? It's what we would all do. If I said to you, right, we're going into battle, what would you do? You call on as many people as you can, right? Because the idea, if you're going to win a battle, you should have as many people fighting with you as possible. And that's what Gideon did. He went out and he called people and he, you know, reached out and pulled a few favors and, you know, roused a few people up. And he had a massive number of people, but still not enough because the enemy was still more than he could, than he could raise. But he had this big bunch of people and he felt, okay, well, we're ready to give it a shot. We've got all these people now. We've gone out and done as much as we possibly can, humanly possible it's a natural thing to do, right? So he had a big bunch of people. And then the, it says that the Lord said to Gideon, the people with you are too many. At that time, see, I would have said, nah, you didn't say that. Did I hear you say too many? I mean, surely you mean not enough, right? How can you have too many people going into a battle? Yeah? Come on. You can't have too many, right? If you had 100 and 50 more wanted to come, you'd take 50 more, wouldn't you? It's like, how, how can you have too many? It's like, how can you have too many friends on Facebook? I don't know. Anybody says I've got enough now. They all want more friends, right? And, and if you're going into a battle, you want all the help you can get. But God said, no, you've got too many. Too many. And this brings to our attention a theme that runs right through the Bible from the beginning to the end. It's something that is fundamental to our understanding of God and our relationship with Him. It's something we need to begin to understand. Because, see, we know, but we don't understand. And that's the job of a preacher, actually, to tell you not what you know, but to help you understand what you know. And what we need to do is look at this and say, well, I know that, but yet do we understand what was going on? Because we can see this as a one-off story, a one-off event, and say, oh, well, that's nice, or that's cute, or... You know, that was very special. But it isn't a one-off event. It's an example of a theme that runs through the Bible. Because Gideon was doing what is natural for all of us to do. We will, when faced with a problem or a difficulty, a trial or a situation, circumstance, call it what you like, our first response is to go and get as much as we possibly can of whatever it is that we think we need. So maybe that's, uh, I, I need more knowledge. You know, I need more education. Maybe I need more money. Maybe I need more friends. Maybe I need more support. Maybe I need more strength. Maybe I need more wisdom. Maybe I just need more love. Whatever it is that we think we need to get that done, to overcome, to win, to succeed, we go out and we look for more of something, yeah? 
Uh, and whatever circumstance you have faced or are facing right now, you probably are very conscious of the thing you need more of, yeah? You can get very spiritual, and you can say, well, I need more faith. Or you can get even more spiritual and say, I need more of God. But the fact is you're thinking in exactly the same way. You've just sort of made it a little bit spiritual, but it's not spiritual. You have the same idea. I need more to fix this problem. In saying that, what you've said to God is, fundamentally, listen, I know exactly what to do. All right? I can do this on my own. I just need a little bit of help. I need more friends. I need you to give me more money. I need you to give me more strength. If you gave me more strength, I got this done. If you, if you would just give me a little bit more money, I, I can sort this problem out, see? And have you not found that frequently praying those prayers, most often you don't get any answers? Because first of all, you see, because this is part of the human condition, God knows something. He knows no matter how much more you get, you want more again. When is more enough? Ask a billionaire, when do you have enough money? Ask your friends, when do they have enough friends on Facebook? If you're on Instagram, ask them, how many likes is enough? We can't see him anymore anyway, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> when is enough enough? And the point is the human condition is that we keep on asking for more, but more is not enough. That's why the wise man, Solomon, said in the book of Proverbs, the leech has two suckers that cry out, more, 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 more. And there's never an end to it. So we're faced with this problem, you see. Here's a fundamental issue that the Bible addresses. You are faced with an issue. You think naturally that in order to overcome this problem, to be successful here, you need more of something. You fill in the blank, whatever that more is. You tell God now, I can do this. You just sit back and take it easy. You just have to give me more of something. He looks at you and says, how much is enough when I give you more? You say, just keep on giving me more. Where is the end of more? There is no end. When will you have enough to decide to go out and face it? Never. Because you'll always think, I need a bit more. Oh, I need a bit more. Oh, I need a bit more. I would, but I need a bit more. I need a bit more time. I need a little bit more help. I need a bit more education. Give me five years, God. See, there's always something more. And this condition, this way of thinking that is common to all of us, the Bible is trying to point out to you, it's a hindrance to you. It gets in your way. Because, see, when God came to this guy, Gideon, he said to him, listen, you have too many, all right? The people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand because Israel will boast, saying that they saved themselves by their own strength. Isn't that strange? We say to God, give me strength. He gives you strength. Then you go out and you do it and you succeed. And we say, I did that by my strength. No, you didn't have any strength. Remember when you asked for it? Yeah? 
I need help. God gives you help. You go out and do it. Say, wow, look at that. I did it. No, you didn't do it. He did it. Remember, you asked for help and you got help. It wasn't you. It was him. This is the constant theme of the Bible. It's very liberating when you understand it, you see, because what it's basically saying to you here and what God said to Gideon was, you don't need more. You've got me. And here's the bedrock of this truth for us as, as believers. We don't need more of anything You've got the one who is everything. You've got the Lord himself. Hmm? Uh, we struggle with that because that would mean not depending upon ourselves, but depending entirely upon God. That's a struggle, but that's what faith is. And without that, there is no faith. So though everybody seems to have this common problem, even the disciples had it. Jesus came to them, and when they had a multitude, he says, let's feed the multitude. What was their response? Their response was, where would we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a large crowd? Because they said we couldn't get enough. How much is enough? I don't know. See? And God didn't say, well, how much do you think is enough then? Should we give them three-course meal or a two-course meal? Or should we just have a one-course meal? What should we do? Should we do sandwiches? Should we do a barbecue? How much is enough? Because if he said, okay, we'll give them all a sandwich, somebody else would have said, well, actually, that's not enough. We need to give them a drink as well. Okay, so we'll give them a drink and a sandwich. But yeah, but that's not enough. They need a piece of fruit as well. Okay, so we'll give them a, a sandwich and, and a drink and a piece of fruit. And, and, but that's not enough. See, we'll go on forever. We've got to give them a napkin. We've got to give them a plate. We've got to give them a knife. We've got to give them a fork. You see, the, the enough never stops. And that, but that, it stops us. And the reply of Jesus, of course, is you don't need anything, boys. You got me. Bring me what you've already got. You don't need more of it. Just give me what you've got. What you've got is enough because I'm here. I'll take what you've got and it'll be enough because I'll make it enough. That's the principle. It's the same as happened with Gideon. It keeps on cropping up in the Bible over and over and over and over again. So we don't need to have more to have a success. We do need to have faith in God. We do need to put our trust in the God who is the more, the one who is more than enough for every problem. But we keep on coming up against the issue of our inadequacy. See, every single day of your life, you are faced with your frailty, your inadequacy. Yeah? It's a secret we all keep. We think nobody else knows and nobody else has the problem. But we, if we're honest, all know one thing. You're flipping useless. Now... We don't like it when we're told that, but every time, all over the day, how many times do you tell yourself, I can't do that, I don't know how to do that, I'm not good enough for that, I, I'm, a, I'm a bad person, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, and you keep on running yourself down all the time because you are conscious and aware of the fact that you're really inadequate in life. Yeah? It's the human condition. Yeah? It's the way we all feel. So we think we can get over this by somehow God's going to give us enough so that we're no longer inadequate. But it doesn't work like that. You've already found that out, right? Listen to what Paul said, because he understood this. He says, 
Not that we are sufficient in ourselves. We're not. We're not sufficient for anything. We are inadequate. That's the Apostle Paul. Wrote a massive amount of the New Testament, you know. I mean, this is one of the, you know, the Batman of the New, Old, New Testament. He's, he's right up there. He's, he's top of the pile. But he said he's not sufficient for anything. He's inadequate. He says, not that we are sufficient or adequate on ourselves to think anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. See, he understood. You're never going to be up to it. But you don't have to be up to it. Because God is up to it. And your sufficiency is not found in you. Your sufficiency is found in God, who is all-sufficient, always, all the time. So we don't have to walk around thinking, I can't do it. We walk around thinking, well, he can do it. I'm weak, yes, but in weakness, you are made strong because he is your strength in your time of weakness. You are afraid, but in your fear, he comes to you and he gives you confidence because he can be the confidence that you lack. You have no resources, but he is the one who will supply. Do you see where the scripture is going? What the underlining theme of the Bible is he? Don't depend on yourself. Come to God. But so many times we're asking for this stuff for us. Have no confidence, Paul says, in the flesh. No matter how much you got, don't put your confidence in that. Put your confidence in God. Jesus said, looking you right in the eye, looking me right in the eye, without me, you can do nothing. Well, that's not true. If I believe, I can do anything. You know, if you really believe in yourself, you can do anything. You tried that and failed too, didn't you? Belief in self, in someone like you and me, is useless. Isn't that right? Come on, you can believe you can fly and jump off the platform. It ain't going to work. You can believe you can be an Olympic athlete if all you like, but it's not going to work. You could probably believe that you could be a nuclear scientist, but it's not going to work. You could believe that you could be an astronaut, but you'd never get there because you can't because that's not who you are. And you say, I don't want to live life like that. Oh, I like living like that because I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But when I'm doing the all things, it's not me that's doing the all things. God is doing those all things in me, through me, and for me. So we can achieve more by putting our faith in God than ever we do by having faith in ourselves. You've had a lot of faith in yourself. Why? You keep on letting yourself down. This is it. This time. This time. This is the, this is the time, mate. I promise you, I'll never do it again. Have you heard those words? I didn't mean to, and I'll never do it again. And, and you've got to pull your socks up and do your best. Well, I've been pulling my socks up so far, I thought I was just about to pull them up over my head. And nothing's changed. Because I want to tell you now, all of that is the way that the world thinks. But there is kingdom thinking for you. There is Bible thinking for you. There's a truth, a spiritual truth for you to enter into. You see, what we need to understand is living this life is it's not about faith in self. Not about what you can do. It's, it's about approaching life and its challenges with faith in God. It's about that faith. It's about having faith in Him to do it. So that 
issues of life are not resolved by the quantity of resources that you can bring or the amount of education you have or the amount of anything else. It's not based in that quantifiable more area. That what happens in life, the true success happens in life in that thing which cannot be quantified at all. It's not the quantity of stuff. It's the quality of your faith. It's not about what you've got, but it's about who God is and what he's already done for you. So David says, in your strength, I can crush an army. Yeah? I can scale a wall. In Psalm 33, he says, the best equipped army cannot save a king. All the more that you can get, can't save you. Nor is strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count your war horse or your bank account or your friends or whatever other resources you think you need more of. Don't count those things to give you victory. For all its strength cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in a time of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Where is your faith? Is it in the more? Is it in yourself if you had more? Or is your faith realizing, hey, listen, no matter how much more you give me, I'm still not going to be very good. I'm going to put my faith in God and God alone. God is the source of my strength. Amen. We look to the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen. And that's enough for us. And we will. We will be victorious. And so it's, it's, it's about faith in God and, and not about us. It's willing to live with that understanding, that honesty about ourselves. To be really honest about ourselves. And to say, actually, you know, no, I can't do it on my own. I need God's help. To be that honest with ourselves that we realize that we're going to live a life that is totally dependent upon God. And that's the core of what the Bible wants us to do. We enter into a relationship where we are totally dependent upon God himself. Where we realize actually that it's, it's him that's going to do it. And when he does it, it it's done the best. And yes, it's surprising, and yes, it's scary, and yes, but we walk out facing the world, not thinking, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, because you realize I can't, I can't, I can't, and I failed again, I'm going to run in the corner, I'm not going to do this anymore. Or you can step out in the world and say, I'm trusting God here, and whatever happens, God is going to be there. God's going to fulfill his will, and, and God's going to give me what, what, I, what is necessary right now for breakthrough and for blessing. Amen? That's what it's about. See, you don't need to be a better person. If you did, we're, we're finished. Quite frankly, now, if you have to be a better person to get God's help, then nick off. There's no point in being in church. People who go to church, people who have faith in Jesus Christ are not people who are trying to get better. And they're certainly not people who are better. Yeah? But we have faith in God. It's not that we're going to be better, we are better. We are trusting God. 
Jesus Christ, we are told, was God manifest in flesh. That means he is both totally a man and totally a God. Don't pretend to understand it. You don't. Nobody does. It's a mystery. All right? So, but God is entirely God and entirely man. Yet, being entirely man, God worked through him in this world. So the early apostles understood what the Old Testament was teaching them. And in the book of James, he writes and he talks about men and women of God who have achieved great answers to prayer. And he says, they were like us, fleshly human beings. The Moses, the Joshua, the Jacob, the Joseph, the great men of the Old Testament, the great women, the Deborahs, all of those people were just like you are now. They weren't better than you, but they knew they needed God. And they weren't asking for more. They were putting their faith in a God who would be with them. See, we think we've got to get better, cleaner, holier. Wow. Yeah. We're going to be without sin. Forget that. You can't get the lunchtime without sin. I can't. You can't. That's why when Jesus taught him the Lord's Prayer, he says, give us our daily bread three times, four times a day, and forgive us our trespasses. So as far as Jesus was concerned, by the time you go from breakfast to lunch, you need to pray for forgiveness. And you'll be doing it again between lunch and afternoon tea. But did he say, I don't want anything to do with people like you? No. He actually says that he's come to dwell within you. That Christ is in you, the hope of glory. He didn't wait for you to get better. He just came. You accepted him. He came inside you. Then he did something for you you can't do for yourself. Because now you've got Christ within and you get this strange religious idea that somehow you have to be holy, whatever that means to you. And so you try and do that. And you define it, well, I don't do that, I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't say this, I don't go there, I don't go there. Ah, right, okay, so you're holy. No, you're not holy. You just don't do things. But the Bible says he's given to us a gift, the gift of righteousness. And he's given to you the gift of faith, which is not of works, it's of grace. And you've been given a gift of righteousness. And you've been given a gift of faith. You don't have to get more faith. You have all the faith you can ever have. And you don't have to become more holy because you are fully righteous in the sight of God. It was not achieved by what you did. It was achieved by what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. Amen? So don't ask for more. Take what you've got. Do you see what I'm saying? God will use us just like we are failing, futile, feeble human beings. And God says, I know who you are, but I want to use you anyway. I know who you are, but I'm going to bless you anyway. I know who you are. I know. You don't have to be perfect, because in your weakness, God is made perfect. What did Paul say? I haven't gone through all his troubles and his difficulties. He's praying about this, and he's asking, oh, God, I need grace. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Who you are, whoever you are, whatever you are, the grace of God is sufficient for you. Amen? I lost you, haven't I, really? So basically, you see, 
Looking for more is looking on the outside. But when we understand the biblical principle, we start looking on the inside. And instead of seeing on the outside what we don't have, we start looking on the inside and see what we do have. And what do you have? Well, he, listen to what 1 John chapter 4 says. You know it, but let's understand it a little bit better. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. You have God with you. Why do you get down on your knees and say, God, where are you? Because he said, I'm in here. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we? The Bible says you have an anointing, and then we start saying, oh, God, let the fire fall. Rain, rain, let the rain come. Fire, rain, which one do you want? Can't do both at the same time, you know. And we say, anoint me, anoint me, anoint me. Flow through me, flow through. We've got all these weird words. And sometimes we can sing four songs, four different things come out, and all nonsense if you put them together. Listen, I'm telling you now, he dwells inside of you. Christ is in you, and you are in Christ. You are already seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. It's done. You don't have to pray for the experience. It's done. Yeah? It's completed. He's done it for you. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, but the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Now you don't get a much more powerful image than that, that the one who raised Jesus from the dead has a residency in your life, that he's not leaving you or forsaking you. He is there right now. You don't need more strength. You've got all the strength you will ever need resident within you. The presence of God. The presence of God. With a great deal of respect, let me say, that it can be said from this passage of Scripture, healing does not come from outside, but from inside. That if he dwells within you, if he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells within you, he shall quicken your mortal body from within. What I'm saying is, there's so many things in the Scripture that tell us what we've already got. And then we go and ask for more. See, we say, give me more faith. But you've got a mustard seed. That can move a mountain. You don't need any more than what you've already got. He gave you that faith. He's not going to give you more. Because if I have to give you more faith, you're telling him he didn't give you enough faith when he gave you faith in the first place. But he's given you sufficient faith. It's adequate for you. It will do everything needed to be done. Don't go pray for more. Hmm? And, and you hear preachers say, here's five ways you can get more faith. Laugh in their face. Because you can't get more. You've got it all. Do you understand? When you've got everything, you don't need more. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? So that's what Paul says. I am inadequate. But God is my adequacy. So if I come to your house for dinner, you see... We talk about God being more than enough, and we talk about our adequacy in God. If I come to your house, you will probably give me enough food, right? I'm assuming you're kind, all right? So you'll give me enough food. You will probably ask me a question, have you had enough, right? And I'll say, yes, thank you very much. I've had enough, but enough is not enough, is it? Because God doesn't give you enough. God doesn't give you enough for this moment, for this time, for this place, because he's more than enough. And so when God does it, he, he prepares a table for you. 
As far as God is concerned, he's not giving you enough for your present need. He's giving you everything he's got, everything all the time. Not a bit. So God doesn't give a sandwich. He lays out the feast, everything. It's all there. All there. And without realizing that all of it is there now, that God dwells in us and all the promises of God are yea and amen in Jesus Christ. And instead of understanding, we are already seated in heavenly places and we have the righteousness of God and he's given us a gift of faith and we have an anointing of the Holy Spirit. And instead of realizing that his plan is for us to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus and through Christ Jesus, you can do all things. Instead of understanding that, we say, give me more. Little Oliver Twists. Now, I understand Oliver Twist asked for more because there was no food there. But you're sitting at a table prepared for you in the presence of your enemies, and you're asking for a bowl of soup. Come on, you've got it all. See, let your faith turn within to what you have already been given, to, who you have, to whom you've already to the person you've already become. You've been made this person by Christ. Yeah. Live in it. Yeah. You've got something. Draw on it. Have faith in it. So when you walk out into the world, don't walk out with a feeling of inadequacy and say, I need more. Walk out into this world. Face your problems. Face your difficulties. Face your trials and say this. I don't have enough, but I've got the one who is enough. I'm inadequate. But he is more than adequate. I am insufficient, but God is my sufficiency. Amen. I am weak, but when I am weak, then I am strong because your strength is made glorious in my weakness. And I don't have enough grace to fix, face this problem, but his grace is sufficient for me. Yeah? That's the way God wants us to orientate ourselves towards life and living life from within, not from without. And when we do that, that's when God will step in and start to do pretty amazing things in our life. And that's when you'll start to see the miracles and the provision and the blessing of God. And that's when you realize that he is with you and he has never abandoned you. And that there is a strength for you and that there is a presence for you right now because we're walking it. You don't need more. You've got him. And he's all the more you'll ever need. And that God that fills the universe from corner to corner in his entirety lives inside of you. I don't understand that. But there he is, living in you. And then we say, give me more when you've got everything there is. Because there is no more. You can't cut God into pieces. Dole him out like a piece of bread. You've got him, all of him, now. And maybe you can't remember when he came because it, it's quiet. But when you opened up your heart and you invited Jesus Christ into your life and he entered your life and he came to dwell with you and he's never left you nor will he ever leave you or forsake you. That is the marvelous miracle that happened in your life. And because of that amazing miracle, 
of the God who fills the universe now dwelling in you with all of his capacity, with all of his ability, he lives in you so that Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh and you are now the flesh manifest in God. Scary, isn't it? But here you are, the wonderful creation of God, more than a conqueror. The devil is so scared of you, he wants you to waste your time asking for more. If only you realized that if you take what you have, that which God has given to you, and you believe in the God that fills you, and just draw from the gifts he has given to you, and depend upon that God who will do all things in you and through you, then it radically will change your life. It will radically change your life. Because you do not need more. You have the one who is more. Amen. Will you bow your heads and pray? Come on. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you that you dwell in us. You, your presence is in us. And you have promised, Lord, as your word clearly states, that we will be more than conquerors. You have promised us, Father, as your word says, that we can do all things through Christ who dwells within us. We thank you, Father, that you are our Jehovah Jireh. We thank you, Lord, that you are our mighty God. And that, Father, you will give us all strength. And that in our weakness, we can be strong. And in our fear, we can find bravery and courage, Father, because it comes from you. Lord, we don't have to accumulate resources in order to succeed because you are the greatest resource of all. We draw from you. We put our faith in you. And all your promises are yes and amen through Jesus Christ. And we thank you from a position of victory, seated together in heavenly places, we will live out our life with confidence and faith in you alone. Forgive us for saying you're inadequate and we need more than you. Help us to live every day out of all the treasures and riches that we have in Jesus Christ, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.